Hey y'all, I'm Reese, and welcome to Making Meaning. Making Meaning is a podcast by the Cohere Collective, here to help guide you along your path to make meaning in a way that makes sense for you. This week, I am joined by my lovely dear friend, Hannah Rourke. Hannah is a consultant in change management and just an all-around wonderful human being. Hannah also, in between recording the podcast and now when it's coming out, got engaged to her boyfriend, now fiancé, so a huge congratulations to Hannah and her fiancé and sending them all of the best well wishes and send them your well wishes in the comments as well. In this episode, Hannah and I really just dive into her story, how she chooses to live her life the way that engaging with her work and her friends and colleagues and family really impacts her personhood and the life that she wants to live, which isn't that what meaning's all about. Relationships truly color just about everything we do, and Hannah has a very intentional way of approaching it, and I'm really excited to share her story and this conversation with all of y'all. Before we get into the episode, if you are watching on YouTube, please click subscribe, like the video, leave me a comment if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave me a review, a five-star rating, and subscribe to the podcast. Um, Just checking the boxes. (laughs) That is all I have. So with all that being said, let's take a deep breath. And get started. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for taking the time to come and sit and chat with me. I so appreciate it. Yes, I'm excited. Yes, me too. Um, So first things first, I know you've listened to some of the episodes, so you know it's coming, but what is one thing you're grateful for right now? Honestly, my team at work, um, I know it's kind of cliche, but we spend a lot of our time there. Um, so I actually was just talking to you about this, to have somebody who's willing to check in, see how your day is going, kind of like offer to balance things out where you need, you know, everybody has those days where you're not on top of your game and you need a little bit of support and balance. Um, so grateful for that today. I love that. Well, and my whole thing with cliches too, because you said, I know it's cliche, but I'm like, cliche things are cliche for a reason. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to move this just a smidge closer. Perfect. Um, Because it's true. Like, you do spend so much time there, especially with a nine-to-five job. Like, if the people you're surrounding yourself with aren't lifting you up, aren't actively helping you be the person you want to be, like, work could be a huge drag. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you spend, what, half of your time there? Yeah. A third of your time there, really, Uh, I guess, depending on your job. So really, it has to be a team that you want to spend time with and something you enjoy doing. The other third is sleeping. So Mm -hmm. it's like, well, and I think everyone, or not everyone, but most people have a pretty good grasp on like, choosing to surround yourself with people who lift you up means choosing good friends, right? Mm -hmm. And that whole thing, but it's like, no, it's also like your team at work. It's also your family and people that you don't think that you have a choice who to engage with, but like everything is a choice when it comes down yes, to it. Yes, that is like the most <laughs> important decision I think you make in life is who you choose to spend your time around. Really? Yes. Why would you say that? 
Not that um, I disagree. I just want to hear more. So I feel like, you know me, I'm a yes. busybody. <laughs> um, I'm always going, but I think one thing that I'm very intentional about is like, where am I spending my time? Who am I spending it with? Who am I surrounding myself with that's like filling me up and I'm filling them up in return? Mm. Um, and that kind of just like keeps you moving forward. Um, you know, we all have kind of our limit in this life. Why spend our time around people who are like draining us or, um, you know, there's a time and place for that. Like sometimes people need to be picked up and you can kind of help push them forward. But, um, yeah, that's kind of how I guide my days and my time at least. I think that's great. Cause also I think that that speaks to how important, um, connection is for Mm -hmm. our lives too, because it's like, if, spending your time with other people wasn't the most important thing, then it's like, well, why not spend every single day alone in your Mm -hmm. room doing whatever you want? It's like, Mm -hmm. because that is not an effective or productive or happy, healthy way to live your life. Yes. So being intentional about who you spend time with, I think is super important. Oh yeah. Next question that you also know is coming, but whatever strikes you to share in this moment no pressure. However you want to answer it is perfect. What is your story? Okay, so I am from Midlothian, Texas, um, which has quickly evolved into a suburb of Dallas uh, for those listening who aren't from the area. Um, So I have, I guess, a a pretty big family, but um, I think one thing that kind of defines me is my parents split when I was young, which I kind of see as a blessing. Um, Mm. It might be an odd thing to say, but Um, I have, you know, two step parents who, uh, some would refer to as bonus parents. I think somebody mentioned that me, mentioned that to me when I was a kid and it kind of has stuck with me through my whole life. Yeah. Um, and I have two baby brothers who are now 10 and 13. So not necessarily babies anymore, but they're mine anyways. They're your babies. Um, and an older brother as well. So family is very important to me. I think that's one thing that's like shaped me throughout my life is kind of, incorporating different people as I've grown and learning different personalities. Um, So yeah, I went to SMU um, for college. I do change management consulting now. Um, So obviously spend a lot of time there, like we we talked about earlier. Uh Um, But I love it. I get to, you know, support a lot of people through huge changes. I mean, you know, you're spending all day at work. So when something comes at you, that's like, whoa, this is going to be a big change to my daily life. Yeah. Like my job is to come in and help get people through that, which is really valuable to me. So, well, and I'm sure to the people you help too, because as someone who hates change, it's like, I know that if I have a big life change, it'll throw me off my schedule for Mm -hmm. at least a month like two weeks on either side of that change, right? Where you're spending time preparing for it or being anxious about it. And then Mm -hmm. another two weeks, like settling into it. And it's like each singular person in that company that's making that huge change is going through that. Mm -hmm. So you doing what you do is actually helping those people's daily lives in a really real way. Yeah. And that's kind of something that I've learned. I mean, I knew this about myself already. I also hate change, um, which is funny (laughs) because I manage it for a living. But um, one thing I've learned throughout work is no one likes change. You get used to what you're doing. You set your life up in a certain way for a reason most of the time. Um, Mm -hmm. So when that gets shifted, it kind of like jars you and you have to figure out like, what, where do I go from here? Yeah. Um, so that that's something that I have to get used to in my personal life as well. 
yeah. much like you. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. any time a change happens, you kind of have to like change everything about yeah. the way you function. Which so. is not to say that it's not good or doesn't teach us lessons or isn't helpful and beneficial and all those things that change brings too. But mm-hmm. yes, I relate to it. Yeah. Um, so if I can ask, why do you say that um, your parents splitting when you were little was a blessing? So, I mean, I think that that those kind of things happen for a reason, you mm-hmm. know, like all I want for my parents is for them to be happy, yeah. right? So for me, it's a happy moment because they both have found their people that they love and, you know, have chosen to spend the rest of their lives with. Um, but also my step-parents have been like some of the biggest blessings in my life yeah. and my, my brothers as well. Um, so like I've had the opportunity to grow with them. Yeah, um, I think and- that's... Just such a mature outlook, but I'm so sorry. I cut you off. (laughs) (laughs) You're so good. Um, But yeah, I mean, like my little brothers, for one, uh, my my 13-year-old brother when he was little used to call me mini mommy. And so I've always thought that was so cute and special. Um, But yeah, I just have always enjoyed like getting to spend time with them, seeing life through their eyes as children as well has been so special. Um, and also just has grown my love for children. Mm. I know I've told you this before, but I've always felt like I was born to be a mom um, and other things along with that. But one of the roles I want to play in life. So that kind of gave me the opportunity very young to like learn what that's actually like. Not all the way, you know, I don't know what it's like to be a mom. I haven't been there yet. Um, but I got to see a glimpse into what the routine is every day. What's hard about being a mom? What's yeah. fun about being a mom through my mom's eyes and my stepmom's eyes? Yeah. Well, um, really step into the at least like nurturing role, right? Yes. I think motherhood is such an interesting concept for all women because especially right now, like there's so much more freedom for women now more than ever mm-hmm. to craft our lives however we want to. Um, so being able to choose motherhood or to not, I think is one so powerful. Um, and for you to be like, yes, this is something I really want to do is Mm -hmm. so empowering. And I love that for you. I think also, um, there's a lot of ways that all women step into that feeling of motherhood without Mm -hmm. actually being like mom, right? Without like, either having to adopt a child or give birth to a child, like, you can still be that, like, mothering figure for a lot of people and things, which I think your experience so speaks to. Mm -hmm. That, I mean, you know, nannying. I nannied for three different families throughout undergrad and grad school. Um, And those three families were big parts of my life and my development as well. And I still adore all of those kids. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can play a role however you want. I think there's all kinds of opportunities because, you know, some people aren't, um, able to have children and, you know, adopt or, you know, everybody's family is different, um, in a special way. So I love that. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. And finding the way that like everyone is gifted, like certain things and skill sets and finding how you get to embody those through your life is like part of the joy of it too. And like how you said it's about connecting with other people. I'm like, the relationship to a mom or a mothering figure is one of the deepest connections anyone can ever have. So I can so see why that is something that 
you feel drawn to. Absolutely. Without, like, planning it too much, you right, know? Sure. Like, you have the cards that you're dealt in life, and you get to figure out what you do with them. So I've kind of, growing up, I was always a woman with a plan. I knew what yeah. I was going to do every hour. <laughs> I think my life is still kind of that way, but you always have to roll with the flow and just go where life takes you. You know, they say, like, uh, humans plan, God laughs. Uh, it's so <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, 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 so I yeah. feel like I have ideas of things that I want to be and do in life, but I don't necessarily like ground myself to them. I think you mm. kind of just figure it out as you go and yeah. um, pivot when you need to. So. I love that. So tell me more about that experience because that's something that I really struggle with is, mm-hmm. oh, I have this plan. I have this thing that this is how I imagine this going. This is the benchmark that I want to hit. These are the boxes I want to check. When life does throw you a curveball and you do have to pivot, because inevitably you can plan for a million different variations of something, what ends up happening is going to be something different than any one of those, undoubtedly. So what are ways that you find yourself pivoting and grappling with that change in your own life? So I kind of think of it as... Like, you're not going to take a bunch of broken pieces and try to mush them back together, right? (laughs) So when something breaks or a plan doesn't go how you expected, you kind of just have to make it work, Um, you know, pivot your plan and, and go with it. So I like to think every day, like, how can I make today good? Mm. Even if it doesn't start well, what can I do today to boost my mood, make someone else around me smile, you know, pick up the mojo. Sometimes you need that, you know. Um, So I think if I have a plan and it doesn't go well, I'm like, okay, what other plan can I make? It's not how can I fix that plan? Because sometimes the plans aren't meant to come together. Right. Um, And you kind of just have to, to go with it and figure out where to go from there. I think um, there have been a lot of moments in my life where I'm kind of like, where am I going? What am I doing? Yeah. What do I want to do for a living? What kind of, where do I want to live? Um, what do I want my friends and community to look like? Yeah. yeah. Um, especially I think at the age that we're at, we're, mm-hmm. you know, kind of in that space where we're still figuring out who we want to be and what we want to do. Yeah. No one has it figured out. So you no. kind of just have to try things, figure out what you like, figure out what you don't and move forward. Absolutely. Well, in I think that's such a positive outlook on change too to say, yes, it is something that I thought was going to happen leaving. Like there is a certain amount of like grief mm-hmm. that that sounds like a dramatic word to use, but for in whatever measure for losing something that you thought might happen. But It is also an opportunity to try Mm -hmm. something new, to get to see, okay, well, how could it be even better? Mm -hmm. Because it's a chance to try something different. Like, that is such a beautiful outlook. And one thing, talking about this, like, wonderful, positive outlook you have, you're all good, that I want to ask you about, too, is obviously seeing your parents split is a huge change, but knowing that you have such this... um, inclination towards connecting with other people when you were talking about that I felt like you had such a unique approach to saying well I got to go through that with them and it's Mm -hmm. actually a way that it brought you all closer together and it probably at least correct me if I'm wrong but it sounded like it made you understand your parents as human beings and not just as like 
these godlike figures that we think of when we're <laughs> yes. little, right? It's like, my parents are perfect. They can do no wrong. Uh-huh. And so getting to have that experience of like, oh, they're humans too. And this gets to help us grow together. And so you kind of have that relation to them as a kid, but also as a peer. But yes. then now you're also getting that with your younger siblings where you're kind of looking down on them and they're growing with you too in the mm-hmm. same sense that like eventually they're going to have a realization where it's like, oh, Big sister Hannah's also just a human being, but we get to grow together too. Isn't that interesting? I think everybody has that moment where they realize, oh, like, my mom is also just a human woman. Like, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I said that to my brother a few weeks ago, and he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I experienced (laughs) that, but um, I think most people have that sentiment where you grow up and you're like, my parents are flawless and when oh, am yeah. I going to be an adult someday and, and I'll be perfect you realize, and never sad <laughs> yeah and they can relate to your experiences I actually um my mom and I just went on a weekend trip together a few weeks ago for her 50th birthday so um it, it was very special uh but we had a lot of conversations that we probably wouldn't have had when I was in middle school yeah. or high school because it's still in that mode where you know your parents aren't necessarily meant to be your friends they're meant to be your role models and right you know teach you discipline and respect and my mom and I are at the point where now we're friends and she respects my decisions as an adult she's still gonna give me her advice and yeah of course um, you know she's still my mom um so but yeah it it was just really special we had a lot of very deep conversations and kind of a different experience than we would if we were to go on a trip together as kids what was that realization like when you were like oh this is now a Obviously, you're never quite friends with your parents because it's just such a different relationship to uh-huh. be a child or a parent than a friend. But what was that realization like when you were like, oh, I now can see myself as a peer with my parents? Do you remember when you realized that? I don't, honestly. I think it kind of flipped once I got through college and mm-hmm. was on my own and my mom would you know, share stories about, oh, well, when I was in your shoes, like, this is kind of what I went through. And you, you start realizing, like, you think of your parents as these perfect people, and you kind of look down on yourself for the mistakes that you make of like, oh, my parents would be so disappointed in me or whatever the case. And you start realizing like, no, they went through this too. And there's someone that you can share that story with, and they can give you support versus, the flip side where it's like, oh, I can't believe you did that. I'm so disappointed in you. Like your parents, they should at least be supportive of you as a person and try to help you get through it versus, you know, the alternative. Right. When granted, not everyone's lucky enough to have parents that do that, unfortunately. Yeah, of course. But it's wonderful when that does happen and you get to have that moment of, I am sharing my story with you but also you helped me write this story for myself Mm -hmm. um the other day I was arguing with my dad about something that he was like that just makes me so worried for you and nervous (laughs) for you and um of course it was out of like love and wanting to protect Mm -hmm. me and all the things and I was like well but here's the thing you don't even have to trust me you have to trust the values you instilled me with yes like, you have to like, trust your own You created this yeah. issue. <laughs> yeah. So if you're worried. Uh-huh, <laughs> which, like, where'd it come from? <laughs> right. Which, no, of course not. My uh-huh. my dad trusts me deeply. But it was just one of those moments where, for me, I was like, whoa. Like, there really is so much of my parents in me. Uh-huh. And so much of me now to see the ways that I 
can actually help my parents grow too. Like, yeah. I love that you used the word story, that like you can share your story with them because what is connecting with people if not living your story together, mm-hmm. if not writing like the story of us telling this podcast together, mm-hmm. right? It's like, it is kind of this joint storytelling experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so to continue on a little bit more of what you were talking about earlier, because I kind of pointed us back and now I'll jump forward a little bit more. What have you learned from your parents that makes you excited to one day, hopefully potentially be a parent? Oh, that's a really deep, good question. (laughs) Um, So my parents have always been supportive of like, whatever you want to do, you can do it. So I always felt growing up like I was special and I'm destined to do something great. And now as an adult, I'm like, you know, everyone should feel that way when they're growing up and, and have someone encouraging them and telling them like, no, whatever you work hard at and set your mind to, like, you can do that. Yeah. Um, and now as an adult, that's something that I have to tell myself every day because sometimes you wake up and you're like, oh, I have to go to work or whatever it is that you don't yeah. really feel like doing that day, right? Um, so I think to answer the second part of your question, like, my parents instilled that in me and brought me up that way so much that, like, I'm so excited to have kids and be able to do that for them, like put them, not put them on a pedestal, but encourage them every day and make them feel special and like, yeah, grow them into world changers to, to bring in another cliche, you know? No, that like gave me goosebumps Mm -hmm. because that is something that I can so relate to in the sense that if anything, my parents taught me, it was that I can do anything Mm -hmm. I want to do that. Like if you work hard enough and put your focus in and like do do it right Mm -hmm. it is that like uh old like grind nose to the grindstone kind of motivation which of course there's also the lessons of like slowing down and taking care of yourself too but Mm -hmm. certainly instilling all of this of like no you are special and you are capable yes um and for me growing up, that was never a doubt that I had in my mind that, oh no, I will be able to change the world. Mm -hmm. And I remember as I got older, realizing that other people didn't feel that same way and being like, that's really sad. You can, you can. And so knowing that that is something that you already have in your mind for like a future generation of kids to be able to grow up with even if it's just like one kid you have or like yeah whoever you know you make an impact on that gets to feel that that is beautiful and lovely that you have that well and not as you were saying that it made me think um not even just children like there's so many people our age or older who still don't know that about themselves that if they put the work in if they put the time in if they're intentional about the things that they do it's not always going to happen for yeah, you, you know? Yeah, there's luck like, involved with yeah, there, yeah, there is absolutely luck. Um, but I think more adults need encouragement, too, and need to hear that from their friends. And as we were talking about earlier, like, yeah. we're made to be in community and have people surrounding us to encourage us and push yeah. us forward. Um, so I think every day, one thing I need to be better about, too, is not, like, the mindset of, oh, I'm going to work today. It's like, no, I'm I'm going to work today, but I'm also surrounded by all of these people that I have the wow. opportunity to have relationship with um, and, you know, kind of like 
build something in that way as well like be positive and it's not just okay what do we need to get done in this call it's hey how are you doing today no like actually how are you doing today what an amazing Um, like shift in mindset because I think it's so easy for so many people um when they're like okay I am going to start changing the way I live my life. I'm going to be more intentional. I'm going to be more motivated. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get inspired. It tends to be such a centered focus thing where it's Mm -hmm. like, how can I help myself feel more inspired, more motivated, indulgent or not indulge, but like incorporate self-care, like all of those great, wonderful things. Mm -hmm. But to also add in this piece or even make it the focal point of this of, well, one of the ways that I can do that is actually by focusing that energy on other people. Because, mm-hmm. of course, that's going to make you feel better. There's that article and like that's old, 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 but science proves that like if you are feeling super down in the dumps, like helping someone else is the number one way to boost your mood. Oh, yeah. They did a study that was like people with severe um, depression or other mental health um, struggles before helping like volunteering for a day and then after volunteering for a day yeah or people who like did some other like took a walk instead right which of course is still extremely beneficial Mm -hmm. but interfacing and engaging with someone can be like so revolutionary for yourself Mm -hmm. but also for those people around you so it's a win-win Yes. (laughs) But we were talking about like things that you learned from your parents, making you excited to be a parent and instilling in people that they're special. I think that also goes back to a little bit of what we were talking about earlier, how um, like nurturing and mothering can be something you do for everyone, including Mm -hmm. like your fellow human beings, right? Mm -hmm. That like you get to go into work and like help other people. So I think that is such a beautiful outlook. And what is it when you do have like a rough morning, but you're like, no, I'm going in, I'm going to, I'm, I have this opportunity with these people to be the best version of myself, right? Mm -hmm. What do you do to try and put yourself in that mindset? That's the hardest part, I think. Yeah. Um, so I am a firm believer. If you look good, you feel good. So the hard days are where I will legitimately go in the closet like what am I gonna wear today pick out a cute outfit and you know me I'm not a huge like fashionista kind of gal hey but you're not not though (laughs) (laughs) we're we're in the middle of the road yes um so those are the days when I'm like I need a good outfit I'm putting makeup on I love it fixing my hair I'm going to the office because if I sit at home I will not hold it together you know (laughs) yes so it's like that kind of forces you out of your bubble to like show up for people be present Mm. um I also think when you're in moods like that it's hard to work from home because you can kind of like hide you know yeah you're not having to be as productive as you would have to be in the office when you're around people um so I think that's one thing is being present in person getting ready um having the right mindset so I think negativity is kind of a, a snowball effect So someone told me a stat a while back that the thoughts that you have today, 80 or 90% of them repeat tomorrow. 
Interesting. Um, I'm probably not getting the percentage correct. So we can look it up. We'll yeah. Look it up. Yeah. Um, so if you're thinking negative thoughts today, most of those thoughts will repeat tomorrow. That is so interesting. Um, and then the stat also had something around it of like what percentage of people's thoughts every day are typically negative. Like yeah. I'm tired or, you know, whatever the case. Um, so one thing I try to do is when I notice myself thinking something negative, I'm like, okay, how can I flip this around? There's always, like, my favorite thing is silver linings, and I try to be mindful of that when somebody's, like, venting to me, because I'll yeah. always jump to the silver lining, and sometimes people don't want the silver lining. I they do want the same thing, where I'm say, like, but like, the good thing is, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, just tell me it sucks. Yes. Like, You're right. <laughs> yes. I know. Sometimes it's it just needs to be, I'm so sorry, like, yeah. and just let them keep going. Um, but that's how I talk to myself is like, okay, this is happening, but like, what good can I find in that? Um, so the, like days like today, to be honest with you, I woke up and I was like, okay, where are my silver linings? I Mm. made myself a good cup of coffee. Um, I had quiet time. I, I read my book for 10 minutes. That's all I needed. I'm like, okay, I need to get up. And like, I had a lot to do at work this morning. Like, let's get going. But first I'm going to have 10 minutes by myself to lay in bed, be lazy for a second and read my book. Yeah. Get prepared. (laughs) Well, and the fact that that's only 10 minutes, but it's still like communicating to your brain, to your body, to your mind, to spirituality whatever that might look Mm -hmm. like for the listener whoever it's communicating to all of those higher levels of who you are Mm -hmm. that I am worth taking time for myself that we are recharging and refocusing Mm -hmm. and like we will be okay and that like calm still exists fun good things still exist like it really can be as little as 10 minutes that can flip that switch not to say that you know if someone is in the depths of something terrible that just 10 minutes and you'll be perfect like that's not what I'm trying to communicate (laughs) at all but I think that's such a powerful story um or anecdote of the little ways that you can make every day not as monotonous Mm -hmm. and more rewarding oh yeah and it's the people around you too like you can't do it by yourself you know Um, so, like, I'm very lucky I'm dating one of the, like, sweetest angels on earth. (laughs) We love Um, him. He is wonderful. He's gonna hate that I said that when he listens (laughs) to this. Um, But, you know, like, he came home from work today and he just sat with me for ten minutes. Like, how are you? What do you need? How was your day? Let's talk. Um, so, like, you need people to be there and, like, notice how you're doing and talk about it, you know? Well, and to know that you aren't alone in anything that happens, right? And I think that having people that do notice things without you having to ask for them sometimes is Mm -hmm. also so important as someone Mm -hmm. who struggles with asking for help, like having those people around you that are like, but how can I help? Like, Mm -hmm. I can do this for you. That's great. Not again, not to say that you shouldn't ask for help when you need it. That's something I'm working on too, but. And I could imagine because you have such a like bubbly, vibrant energy (laughs) that especially Nicole and Sophie living with you, I'm sure they notice like, oh, there's something's (laughs) off in the vibe. Like, what do you need? (laughs) There are certain times where it's like, oh, something's wrong. Yeah. But it's also interesting. And I'm sure you can relate to this as well. Um, because you get good at faking it. 
Yes. Um, because you're also an extremely outgoing extrovert. Well, I, I don't know if you consider yourself an extrovert or not, but you are an outgoing, bubbly yeah. person. Um, but it's really easy to hide behind that. There's mm-hmm. the whole, all throughout high school, one of my, which is, it's almost sad to say this, one of my mottos was fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, I will be the girl that always has a smile on her face. I mm-hmm. will be the girl that people can look at and seeing her smile will make me feel a little bit better. Or I'm never going to burden someone else with my problems because that's not fair to anyone else. And mm-hmm. everything is perfect and everything is good and I am good. It's a lot of pressure on you. <laughs> right. And it's yeah. like, that is so toxic and not fair to myself and also not fair to other people that want to help and want to know mm-hmm. who you really are. But the fake it till you make it mentality gets so ingrained that it was like, well, even if I'm having like, a decent okay or great day I'm still like turning the volume up just mm-hmm. that little bit where it's like you just get good at doing that mm-hmm. of just turning the volume up that sometimes I don't even realize I'm doing it yeah and then like my lovely roommate Sophia Nicole or my parents because of course my mom is the best read on when I'm doing oh, this of course, yeah. she'll always call me to the carpet and she's like why are you what are you doing yeah. <laughs> I'm like, thank you for calling me out on that. It's like, I, you're being a little more than normal today. Yeah. Why is that? Well, and it's so bad. And in, in jest, I'll call myself a fake bitch because I'm like, I really can be sometimes. So mm-hmm. another thing that I'm actively working on, but having people who can see through that is so important. Yeah. But sometimes that's not a bad thing. Like sometimes you just yeah. need to be silly and like, it's, so I do this sometimes and it's almost ironic. I'll be having like, such a bad mood day, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see all my friends in an hour. Like, we got to get it together. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just start, like, dancing around, like, being a goofball, and Brennan's just standing there like, you're a little what are you weird, doing? but okay. Uh, <laughs> moving I along. And sometimes it's just, that. like, you need it to pump you up and get yes. out of, like, the negative headspace that you're in. Well, and that speaks to how, like, moving your body can be so yes. helpful to, like, get the blood flowing, get, like, just juices up and moving, mm-hmm. like... It just helps you get out of your head and into your body. So if you do need to feel something, you can feel it. But also it releases any of that tension that's being stored. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorite books is Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. Um, And in it, the main character uh, is like extremely introverted, has a bunch of anxious tendencies, but her and her twin sister do this thing called emergency dance parties. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that is such a good, fun, (laughs) silly idea where it's like, we've had a horrible day. It's emergency dance party time. Uh But that's exactly what that is. And I'm like, that's, it's brilliant. I need to start doing dance parties by myself sometimes. And isn't it funny? Like everybody kind of processes and copes in different ways. So some people need that and some people just need to like lay in bed and cry. And sometimes like, you, you need both. Yeah, it di- um, you need them at different times for different absolutely. things. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> There's a time and place for everything. Right? Yes. So one thing that I think is hard for me sometimes is being able to tell what time it is. Is mm-hmm. it a dance party time? Is it a cry it out time? Is mm-hmm. it a piece of chocolate time? Like, what is it? Do you have any, like, techniques for being able to read or tune into yourself and how you're doing? Because I think sometimes life is so hectic and chaotic that you can just forget to check in with yourself Mm -hmm. is there ever a time that you have that and if so how do you tune back in uh I would say that I'm an overly introspective person (laughs) so I'm always overthinking 
Um, so I would say I'm, I'm usually aware of how I'm feeling. Mm. I think, um, I was just telling someone the other day, like, anger is not a feeling that I ever felt, like, my whole life. I, okay, keep talking, (laughs) but it's crazy that you just said that. Yeah. But keep talking. (laughs) Because I've always been such a people pleaser that I was so preoccupied with, like, I don't want anyone to be mad at me. I want everyone to like me. How am I going to fix this situation or whatever? It was never like, oh, I'm mad at someone else for doing this to me. But now that I'm an adult and I'm like, okay, people can think what they want about me. Like, I'm going to be the best person that I can. And then what more can I do? Um, The the anger emotion has started to pop up sometimes. (laughs) And I don't know how to process it. Yeah. And so that came to mind when you when you asked me that question of like, how do you keep a pulse on things or like keep in tune with your feelings? I'm still figuring out that one. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Of like, okay, I need to leave the room for a second and come back, take some deep breaths. Like, I don't know. Honestly, I haven't figured out a good way to do it. Sure. Hey, hey. But um the other things it's like okay, if I'm feeling negative in some way, I'll stop and think, like, where is this coming from? And I do this with funny thoughts, too. Have you ever, you're sitting there thinking about something, and you're like, this is so weird that I'm thinking about this, or so, like, random, and you retrace your thoughts of, like, okay, before this, I was thinking about this, before this, I was thinking about, and you kind of get back to the root, right? Yeah. So I've started doing that if I'm like, I'm really sad right now, and I can't figure out why, and, you know, How did I make myself sad? Sometimes. True. Yeah, and I'll be like, how, how did we get here, <laughs> you know? Um, and that will kind of help me sometimes figure out, like, what's the root of the problem that I need to solve so that I can move yeah. on, you know? Um, and sometimes it's like, I don't want to think about it, and I'm just going to, like, go to bed and do that tomorrow. Yeah, Probably is, not the healthiest thing. I don't know. But, I think uh, sometimes it's necessary to compartmentalize yeah. because sometimes you don't have the time or energy to mm-hmm. deal with stuff like appropriately and it's like hey if I'm gonna go see my friends in that in an hour maybe not the best time to work out like exactly. why I was triggered triggered from this childhood trauma thing <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well, we don't have time for that one and, and it's the same thing with like being a professional at work like yes you can be yourself at work but also I want to be like a strong professional woman who can yeah. like set it aside go to work be my best self do good work and then deal with it afterward when I get home yeah um so there are times and places for figuring out like how can I shut that emotion out just for a bit until I have time to like fully get through it yeah so so many thoughts (laughs) one I totally relate to the like being overly introspective and I've always thought that this is like you know, people say your greatest strength is also your greatest weakness. I think this is one for me that I put in that category because I'm like, it's so easy for me to like think about what I'm thinking and know why I think what I think. But to let someone else in on that thought process is like the most difficult thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I think it's good to be introspective, obviously, right? Like that's kind of part of the thing that I'm doing here. So I relate, but also I think it's a really great thing to be introspective and more people should, if they don't do that naturally, carve out time to do that. So I think that's wonderful that you do that. Um, I also think it's so interesting when you said that anger is kind of a new emotion for you. 
I was talking to someone about that the other day and I was like, I don't think I actually felt angry. I'm, I just turned 24. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place now. <laughs> um, just turned 24. I don't think I felt angry until I was like 21. Mm-hmm. Like, I really don't think I did. And someone was like, you never felt angry? And I'm like, it's not that things didn't frustrate me or that I wasn't like upset by things, but it just made me sad. Mm-hmm. Or I would just feel like, well, why wasn't I good enough to keep someone from doing yeah. that to me, right? Like that was always where my brain would go. And it was actually in an acting class that unlocked it for me for the first time, which is like, talk about being cliche. That is like, so like acting class unlocked my emotions. Uh-huh. But I have this one acting coach who um, I went to since I was really little and she knows me so well, is one of the most influential people in my life. And I was working on a monologue with her and it was an angry monologue where I had to get angry and she was just pushing my buttons, like purposefully trying to make me angry because she could see that I wasn't really going there. Mm -hmm. And I just like blew up and I got so (laughs) mad. And she was like, have you ever felt that before? And I was like, hang on, (laughs) you make an interesting point. Like I I feel seen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I'm really pissed at you, but I know that that is a good thing right now. Because I should be more familiar with that emotion. Mm -hmm. So totally relate to that. And what to do with something when it's new. It's almost like when you move to a new house and it's like you just don't know where to put certain things yet, right? And it's like, well, this is just going to sit on the table for a little Uh bit, I guess, because I don't know where it goes right now. Like, that's totally how I feel with anger still and like working through like where to put the different pieces of it and how to break it down. Mm -hmm. So all that to say, I thought that that was something that like, I'd never talked about that with anyone. So crazy that you said that. I've been thinking about that a lot recently. Um, But also how as women, especially being able to tap into anger in a healthy way, I think is so important because obviously you don't want to like be an angry person, but I think it's so easy for women to get in the trap of well you can't be mad you can't be pissed like you have to be like put together all the time Mm -hmm. and I totally fall victim to that um well and I'm sure all people struggle with that too it's not unique to just women but Mm -hmm. um you also mentioned how like going into work you want to be this like strong professional woman and I think there is at least I feel this don't let me put words in your mouth by any means but um Like, if I'm in a meeting and I realize that I am the only woman in this meeting, I'll be like, oh, well, now I feel the weight of (laughs) womankind on my shoulders to be like, yes, I'm young and I'm a woman, but I'm good at what I do and I'm going to show up and be present and, like, prove myself Mm -hmm. in this weird way that it's like, well, why do I even feel like I need to do that? Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, all that to say, I totally relate to that feeling. And I do think that there's this interesting balance between, like, it's a professional workplace. Like, you do have to be professional. You don't get to show up and just be, like, angry or crazy, right? Mm -hmm. But also wanting to be true to yourself and not ignore, like, who you are that day. Mm -hmm. Um, So as someone who has a hybrid job, you go in sometimes to the office, you stay home sometimes, Mm -hmm. and you've moved up, if 
we can edit this out if you want to, but you've moved up in your company extremely quickly. Mm -hmm. You've been extremely successful and that is not for lack of talent, capability, hard work, like all of the amazing things, right? That you absolutely deserve. Mm -hmm. Um, What is that like trying to balance wanting to show up authentically as yourself with also wanting to be the best version of Hannah and like the pressure of having to be the best version of yourself with also not wanting to be fake or not be real right so I kind of approach it from the mindset of like I'm not really thinking about what level I am in my career in Mm. any room that I'm in right so like I may be one level above someone else that's the same age as me and we're on a call. That doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going to, like, take the lead every time because, like, they're capable and I want them to have the opportunity as well. I love Um, that. So I kind of just think about each conversation of, like, what do I need to contribute to this conversation and, like, what can I do to make this a success versus like, oh, I'm going to try to like be the best one in here and like knock it out of the park, you know? Um, Because there's not room for everyone to do that, (laughs) you know? Like we wouldn't get anything done. Um, Well, and wow, that is just such a genius perspective on that because it's like, you're not at your job to prove anything to anyone. Mm -hmm. You're at your job to do a job. To be successful at it. Yeah. And what is the most effective way to do that? And it is about community still, right? Like yeah. how do we best get the work out of all of the people around us? It's allowing space for everyone to step up, but yeah. also you doing that. That's just, I love that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, sometimes for sure I miss that mark. Um, oh, well, at, yeah, you know me, I course. like to talk. So I'm sure there are times where it's like <laughs> Hannah, shut up and let someone else talk, you know? <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's one thing. I also think it's an interesting position to be like, I'm a woman, I'm young, like I got promoted a little bit early, not like anything crazy, but sometimes I do think about like, wow, I am the youngest one in this room by far, especially being a consultant. I mean, you're walking into a company that you have no familiarity with, um, you know, you're meeting a whole new team of people and kind of like trying to build relationships. And I mean, the best way to do that is just be genuine and authentic. And like you're coming to the table with, I'm trying to help you with whatever problem it is that you're trying to solve. I'm not here to like make your life miserable or to, (laughs) you know, try to schmooze you or anything. Like I'm here doing my job and trying to help. Um, But sometimes that can be uncomfortable of like, I have been in a situation where I am the only woman on a call with a bunch of people, like men my dad's age. And I always think about like, okay, these are just people. They're They're not out to get me. They're not out to like prove me wrong on anything. It's like we're having a conversation and we're trying to get to the same like winning point. Yeah. Um, Well, and even if for some reason, randomly, there is someone who is out to get you, it's like thinking that that's where they're coming from or harboring on that isn't going to do anything but make you second guess yourself and mm-hmm. be nervous, right? Like assuming that everyone has your best interest at heart and that everyone's shared goal is to be successful as a team, like you're going to do your best work that way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. And one thing um, you you made me think of when you said that was like, 
you kind of have to come to terms with the fact that, like, you don't have to be an ice queen, right? Yeah. To be professional. Like, yes, I need to be professional and, like, come to the table with ideas and perspectives and whatever, but I don't have to be, like, closed off and hide all of my emotions. If anything, I think it's, like, there's something humanizing about it when people show up to a call and it's not all business. It's like, hey, how was your weekend? Like, (laughs) yeah you know, how was that baseball game you went to or whatever, right, or something right. random and actually connect on a, a human um, note. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm sure also with the work you do being in change management, one, I think that it is an interesting dynamic too when you go into a new place and it's like, I actually do have the expertise in this area. You mm-hmm. know, it's like you kind of have that in your pocket that mm-hmm. is... I don't know. It's just cool to have that, right? Yeah. But also um, knowing that like people changing jobs and companies changing, the whole reason why change management exists is because companies deal with people mm-hmm. and people are human mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're fallible. And so you have these systems in place to help them like deal with this change. So being able to embrace that, I would think would make you even more effective and like powerful and capable in your job um and i think we're actually seeing as a whole in terms of like corporate america and um even just in daily life this move towards a more casual might not be the right word but like casual approach to things that of course there's still absolutely a place for professionalism but i think that's allowing more people to show up humanly mm-hmm. and imperfectly. Absolutely. I think on the flip side of that, not to be negative, but I no, think yeah, in some ways our cor- corporate world has gone a little too far in that direction where, yeah. you know, people don't put in as much effort as they should sometimes. Mm. And it's like, oh, it'll be okay. Like I'm having balance. Um, <laughs> and they, they use that word a little too like loosely. Fluidly. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think there's like uh, there's a balance to it for sure. I mean, yeah, there's <laughs> pun a balance intended, to balance. Yeah. Pun, in, pun yeah. intended. Um, so, yeah, I mean, everything in moderation, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that so many of these, like, good things can be used for a lot of bad. Yeah. Like, one thing that I've also been thinking about a lot is, like, how um, the whole self-care movement and, like, um, destigmatizing mental health and therapy, like, of course, like, prioritizing yourself, your health, your wellness, like, I don't know anyone who thinks that that's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. However, so much of that language and verbiage is now being weaponized to, like, make people feel bad about certain things or, like, this armchair diagnosis of, like, oh, well, they're a sociopath because they X, Y, Z and they're gaslighting me. It's, like, those are real quick out of our mouths today. (laughs) And it's like, but those are weighty and they mean a lot. And even though I think increasing education about those things is so important and it's great that so many more people even know about those things. It's also like, that does not mean that every single person Mm -hmm. you come across is, has something that needs to be diagnosed or fixed. Um, And also that doesn't mean that like, you're a bad person if you forgot to take care of yourself this week. That means you're human and you'll get them next time, right? It's like, I think there's also a lot of shame around like, oh, well, you are 
on the grind 100%, well, you're not taking care of yourself. It's like, again, it goes back to the balance and Mm -hmm. these things that are supposed to be advocating for taking care of who we are as humans and loving each other well, Mm -hmm. being used to hurt each other. I'm like, you're missing the point, my friend. Yeah. (laughs) Like, this is supposed to be helping each other. Mm -hmm. And if you're using it in a negative way, it's like anything can be weaponized unfortunately and I mean so you're talking about like if you're too busy you're not taking care of yourself if you're taking care of yourself too much then you're not doing enough right like I like to think there's there's balance yeah (laughs) it's a great word um (laughs) yes so it's almost like every day is a little bit of a mess, but in a beautiful way, you know? Like, I, I used to try to be that person that's like, I'm going to work out at 5.30 every mm-hmm. morning, and I'm going to cook dinner at 7 and, like, have this whole routine. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you saw my background. There, I am not sticking to that every uh-huh. single day. That is just not yeah. happening. I mean, the reality is there's days where I have to start working at six o'clock to get done what I need to get done, you know? And then like you figure it out later on of like, how do you catch up and do the things that you wanted to do? Some days you don't get to like, that's life. Um, so it's, that's kind of the fun of it though, is I think I would be bored if every day was the same. Like you've got to have a little bit of an aspect of like, whoa, something surprising happened today. Like maybe not in a good way, but we're going to work with it. (laughs) I think Like, obviously, habits and rituals and schedule, like, work better for some people than others. And I am someone who does really well on a tight schedule. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if I let my schedule, like, control and dictate my life, like, there was this period of time, um, it was my freshman year of college, and it was before I transferred to TCU, and I I don't know if you know this, I spent my first semester at a community college and transferred to TCU because, it's a whole long story, not relevant right now, but I was still living at home and just commuting to a community college, and like all of my friends were off the freshman year doing the whole first year of college thing already, and I was like, I have nothing but my schedule and being productive, Mm -hmm. so here's what I'm going to do, and I totally did that, and I was so rigid with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I lost like 30 pounds super unhealthily. I was sleeping not at all Mm -hmm. (laughs) and spending so much time like alone Mm -hmm. that I was like, well, but I have my schedule that I just let it ruled my life in this or rule my life in a really unhealthy way. And there were some days that I was like, I love being on autopilot and just being able to follow my schedule. But then I was like, why do I like being on autopilot like I shouldn't be craving that feeling I should Mm -hmm. also be craving like excitement yeah but I mean it also depends what fills you up true you know like some people get a lot of energy from being around other people and some people need like alone alone time time. or some people need more structure than others 100% um so I think it kind of and I feel like that changes throughout your life because I can totally relate to that like Um, and I know my mom's going to listen to this and she's going (laughs) to laugh. Um, but when I was a kid, I was like, okay, I'm waking up at the same time every day. I'm going to have my outfits picked out for every day on Sunday night. I'm going to make my lunch before bed, you know, like everything had a plan and I still do that of, you know, I'm going to make my coffee, get it ready before bed every night and have it ready when I go in the morning. And like, there's a plan for every minute.
minute of my day. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think as I've gotten older, I've had to get comfortable with, we talked about pivoting earlier, yeah. like, where can I flip things a little bit so that I still get those things done, but then you don't have to say no. Like, my yeah. friend wants to go spontaneously get dinner. I'm not going to say no. Like, there's going to be a day where I'm going to have kids and I can't go. Right. Um, you know, so it's kind of like, do the things you want to do now while you can. <laughs> yeah, there's absolutely that. And then I think there's also absolutely like, if you need to say no, that's also okay. And you can reschedule, yeah. right? I think all of these things, right? It goes back to, <laughs> or word of the like last yeah. 10 minutes, balance. Uh-huh. And how like, both rest and productivity and schedule and flexibility, like uh-huh. all of these things are so important in moderation and I think you're so spot on on saying like it's so different for every person um and I think that's part of why introspection is so important to know what's going to work best for you what's going to fill you up um where on those busy days is it okay to cut corners and where can you just absolutely not like you have to do this to make sure that you're feeling okay um but also I think another thing that I haven't thought about a lot that is so true that it's different at different points of your life Mm -hmm. just because you had it figured out in high school doesn't mean you have it figured out for college Mm -hmm. does mean you have it figured out for young professional Mm -hmm. life right um yeah and being able to continually reevaluate and reassess where you are who you are who Mm -hmm. you want to be and like make those changes Mm -hmm. is so I think power empowering Mm -hmm. right because it's saying I have the power to craft the life I want Mm -hmm. because you do yeah, that and you can kind of like craft it after people that you admire. Yeah. Do you ever think about that? Like you kind of pick people and you're like, mm, I want I want to do this like that person when I'm older, but like not this thing, you know, and you can kind of pick and choose 100%. and try to make a masterpiece sometimes it, yes. <laughs> it doesn't work out. But No, I love that. There's, um, there's this book that I read forever ago that was about famous writers and how they all like their writing routine and they're all so different and I forget who it was but so many writers that are like in the like western canon as being like the best writers of all time which I have opinions and thoughts on that too but different conversation Mm -hmm. but so many of them were like I need to get drunk or high or something before I start writing. Um, you know the old saying like write drunk, edit sober is like uh-huh. such a thing. Um, but then you have other writers who are like, or they and they pull all nighters. And then there's other writers who are like I am up at four thirty, I work mm-hmm. out, and then I write for four hours. Mm-hmm. And then in thinking of these people that I'm like I want to be like them and write amazing works like them how do I do all of these different things and yes. emulate these different things? But how do also, I blend? <laughs> right. And then also knowing that, like, there's so many, like, philosophers that I admire that I'm like, but they went crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, however, I, I also want to, like, I look up to their work and their body of work. So it's like, how do I meld this mm-hmm. thing that you did while dropping off some of the more unhealthy behaviors, yeah. too? So I totally hear that. And one thing that you said about, like, taking these different pieces and making a masterpiece of it, I love that visual. Um, Van Gogh has a quote uh, that's, live life like it's your greatest work of art. Mm -hmm. And I love that because it's like, I want to live artfully. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to be able to look back on this life I've created and be like, I'm not proud of maybe every single decision I've made, but I'm proud of, like, 
the colors that I incorporated and the mm-hmm. textures that like changed things up and that I did try all these different things out, right? Yeah. It's like in that being a part of it. And I heard something on a podcast the other day that I wrote down because I loved it because it was so much like this, but it was talking about creating your own Bible mm-hmm. um, of like people and things that, of course, if you are of the Christian tradition or Judeo-Christian path, like not in an idolatry way, if that doesn't work for you, but of people and things that you can um, look up to, to mm-hmm. like go back to the same way, like, you know, you go to Sunday school and you read a verse to remind yourself of this teaching from Jesus, right? Okay, well, if that's not your jam, let's go open up our old favorite book and remind ourselves why this was inspiring to us. Mm -hmm. And I think that that can be incorporated across the board in any religion that you're a part of, right? Yeah. But even like a recipe book, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. I what love am I feeling that. today? <laughs> yeah, it's a little recipe book. Uh-huh. That is beautiful. Okay, last two questions because okay. I don't want to take up any more of your very generous time. Um, one, in light of the conversation, anything you want to clarify, add in, throw out there, anything that you're like, this has nothing to do with anything, but I just want to f- put it on the mic. Um, not really, to be honest. No, that's perfect. (laughs) My mind's not going anywhere, so I'm like, you know. Trust it. Yeah. I love it. We're going with it. Well, and I do think sometimes people feel pressured to answer that question. I'm like, no, you don't have to say anything. It's just, I know for me, sometimes I'm like. Go stings. Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) Go frogs. Um, but I'm like, uh, I'm like, I don't want to interrupt, but I have something I need to say, (laughs) so I never want someone to be Uh, feeling like that. So that's perfect. Um. Even though I will be editing out the ghostings. Uh, I mean, it is Iron Skillet Week. I wouldn't blame you. <sighs> oh my gosh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Hey, Texas college football for you. Yep. Um, last question. What is one word to describe how you're feeling right now? Can I pick two? Because this is off brand for me, but I'm not feeling like following the rules on this one. On- honestly, <laughs> I would normally say no. Mm-hmm. But for you... Yes. Oh, I'm honored. <laughs> um, encouraged and motivated. I feel like I don't say a lot of my thoughts out loud a lot of times mm-hmm. because I don't know how to formulate them, but this is yeah. a really productive conversation. Um, and I'm thinking of a lot of things that are always in the back of my head, but aren't necessarily on the forefront every day. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, where can I actually make sure that I'm doing all of these things this yeah. week? Um, because I, I kind of like pick things each day, but I'm not good about like molding them all together. Sure. Um, so I feel motivated on one hand to like, where am I going to incorporate all of the things that I talked about? Um, but then just like encouraged because you always have good energy and I enjoy our conversations. Um, but also there's just like so many beautiful parts of life that we talked about. Uh, and we have a lot to be thankful for. So So true. Well, thank you so much for being so generous with your time with your spirit with your energy with me and with your friendship i so loved this conversation and i'm so thankful that i get to share it with people so thank you (laughs) thanks for having me absolutely thank you all so so much for being here listening to this episode and again a huge thank you to hannah for coming on being vulnerable and sharing her time and energy and Hannah, thank you for being a wonderful friend and inspiring me to be my best self every day. 
if you have enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, like this video, leave me a comment down below, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to the podcast, and you can leave us a review slash rating. Making Meanings Art and Podcast Cover was created by Nicole O. Stryker, and you can find her on Instagram at Nicole O. Creates and Nicole O. Design. The music for Making Meaning was created by Tristan Morgan, and you can find him on Instagram at Tristan Morgan. If you want more information about the Cohere Collective, please head to www.thecoherecollective.com. There's also a blog over there and some introductory coherent living material if you are at all curious about the other stuff that Cohere does. And you can follow Cohere everywhere, all at the Cohere Collective, and you can follow me on Instagram at Lillian Reese Brown if you would like to. Right now, I am feeling energized. I am just really excited for the next few steps in this work that we're doing together. I feel like as a collective, we are all leveling up. I feel like we are in this moment of really big change and that we're on the precipice of something big. And, you know, a really big part of trusting the universe and trusting yourself is taking the next step up on the staircase without knowing if it's there yet until you step down on it. And it will be, right? So I'm just excited to see what that next step looks like for all of us. Thank you so much for being here. And I hope you feel like you are living more coherently. Until next time, all the love.